Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. And so over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with Jesus and to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so grateful that you're here. Happy Friday. Super duper excited that you are here. Never forget how special you are to God. He formed you and fashioned you in your mother's womb. He has a purpose for your life. No matter what your life looks like right now, God has a plan for you. God longs to use your life, first of all, to bring you into his kingdom, like it says in the Bible, to translate us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And then after that process of salvation, to use us in his kingdom and to sanctify us and make us into his image. And just want to remind you that you are loved by the creator of heaven and earth. If nobody else on the face of the planet loves us, God loves us. And I guarantee you there are other people who love you too. So I just want to remind you that you are loved. Today, I am going to share an entry that is hot off the presses. That was the same last week. And you just never know what you're going to get. The one the week before was like 40 years old. Um, These things that I share on the podcast are just um, written at some point on my Bible reading and prayer journey. But today's entry is called, You Just Don't Know When to Quit, and it is inspired by a very spiritual source, the Super Mario Brothers movie. I am not endorsing the movie. I quite honestly don't really remember a lot about the whole movie. I remember it's kind of a classic underdog story. Um, But the focus of this entry is a fight scene between Mario and Donkey Kong. And the way that Mario was ultimately able to win the fight with Donkey Kong was because he got to power-ups that were planted around the arena. Without those power-ups, Mario would have stayed the underdog and Mario would not have been able to win this fight. And so those power-ups had been placed around the arena. And I just want to offer a simple reminder today that in the war of the ages, God has given us power-ups. We will not make it to heaven if we're not eating spiritual food, if we're not staying connected to our power sources. And it always just sounds so basic, but the things that God has designed for us to utilize on the road to heaven are basic. Like it's not reinventing the wheel. It's not some magic potion. There's not a secret formula that you suddenly discover. It's always going to be the basics. Bible reading, prayer, church attendance, things like that. And so I just wanted to remind you of some of these today. First and foremost, the Holy Ghost. We have to have the Holy Ghost to be saved. Jesus said in Acts 1-8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. 
and Jude wrote to us to build up our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God indwelling the lives of believers is absolutely the most important power up, so to speak, in our lives. And then the Word of God. When Jesus faced the enemy in his 40-day fast in the wilderness and temptations were assaulting his humanity, he used the Word of God. And like Brother Drew Galloway said in an interview that he did on Unedited, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to that interview, he said, God used, Jesus used something that we can replicate. We can use the Word of God. He didn't call down fire from heaven. We might not be able to do that, but he used the Word of God to defeat the enemy. And the Word of God is a power up. We have to have a constant supply of the Word of God coming into our lives as food and fuel. It tells us in Romans, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if we're ever going to have strong, resilient faith, it will be because our faith is fed the Word. Fasting is a power-up. Fasting is a power-up because it reduces and diminishes our flesh, which is quite honestly one of our primary enemies in this fight of faith. And fasting prioritizes the Word of God, the voice of God over daily food. It allows God's Word to be our food and allows the voice of God to come in much more clearly. Church attendance is a huge power-up. I don't know about you, but I've had some Sunday mornings when I was barely scraping by. I barely made my way through the doors of church. But there is something so powerful about gathering with God's precious people, like Peter wrote, people of like precious faith, and worshiping together. And it tells us that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. God shows up when we show up to church to participate in corporate worship. And so if you have a week where you are barely scraping by, scrape into the church doors. God is going to strengthen you through his manifest presence at church, through the preached word at church, and then through the fellowship of the body. The fellowship with the body of Christ is a massive power up. God has designed that iron sharpens iron. We make each other better. We strengthen one another. We build each other up. We encourage each other. We support each other. And when we are in isolation, when we're not in contact with the body, it weakens our faith. It weakens our walk with God. Prayer is a major power up. If you read through scriptures, read the Psalms. When David was weak, when he was struggling, what did he do? He prayed. He got into the presence of God. He hid in God. God became his refuge. And prayer is a refuge. Last week, um, our admin pastor, Steve Harris, said prayer is a decompression chamber. And when the weights of life weaken us, when the pressures of life weaken us, it is in a prayer room that we find strength and in reconnecting with God. Praise and worship is a major power of. Praise praises God for what he's done. Worship adores God for who he is. And both of them take our eyes off of the issue, off of our own weakness, and remind us that he's strong when we're not, 
Thanksgiving is a power-up. I love the old song. It says, I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. And the joy of the Lord is strength. And so when we choose gratitude, that's a major power-up in our lives. And so again, just a simple reminder today to keep employing the tools that God has given us to be full of the Holy Ghost, to consume the Word of God, to fast, to attend church, to fellowship with the body of Christ, to encourage one another, to pray, to worship, to praise God, and to give thanks. And there's other things certainly that could be added to that list, but those are your power-ups. In the battle of life, those are things that are going to be sources of strength. And if you're feeling weak, remember that your strength is not your strength. Your strength and my strength is dependence on God and utilizing the power sources that he has given us. Today, I'm going to share an unedited journal entry, as I mentioned earlier, called You Just Don't Know When to Quit. You Just Don't Know When to Quit. On May 30, we had a family movie night, and Ellis and April came over to watch Super Mario Brothers. It was a classic underdog win story, and we had a fun time watching it. There is one scene and one piece of a conversation that has stuck with me for the last two months. Princess Peach and Mario concoct a plan to ask the Monkey King to align forces with his army to defeat Bowser. Again, I told you this was really spiritual. The king is a grumpy guy and says he will fight with them on one condition. Mario must win a fight against the king's son, Donkey Kong. When the fight scene opens, it is clear that Donkey is the sure winner, fighting on his home turf in an arena full of fans, chanting his name, and Mario is outmatched in every way at just a fraction of DK's size. As the fight is about to commence, the Monkey King lets Mario know he has put power-ups around the arena to which Donkey boasts, I don't need anything to break every bone in your tiny body. The bell rings and the fight is on. And as it gets underway, it certainly appears that DK will, in fact, crush every bone in Mario's tiny body. Mario is punched and tossed. He falls and plummets from one ledge to another in the suspended in mid-air arena. He has barrels hurled at him, and at one or two points, DK gloats, thinking the fight is over. But Mario is a regular comeback kid, and in a combination of pluck and luck, he reaches the power-ups over and over. The final power-up sees Mario as a cat, and in a bold display of heroics, he defeats his formidable foe, Donkey Kong. Mario asks Donkey, Had enough? DK replies woozily, not even close. Mario responds, I'll take that as a yes, and Donkey Kong face plants on the arena floor. Peach comes to congratulate Mario and says, That was incredible. He kept beating you senseless and you just kept getting back up. You just don't know when to quit. Side note, this is a line his dad has said to him several times throughout the movie. Mario is rather a loser at life, and his father hasn't been all that supportive. Mario responds to the princess, Huh? I never thought that was a good thing. To which she replies, It's a great thing. Mario responds with thanks. You just don't know when to quit. That line. Every Christian is in a fight. 
pastor has often said, we are born onto a battlefield. And Paul instructed Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. The first fight here is number 75, to contend, struggle with difficulties and dangers antagonistic to the gospel. And the second fight is number 73, a contest of athletes, runners, charioteers. Fight as a verb, an action item, and fight as a noun, a thing, an event. Our Christian life is a fight. Faith is a fight. We fight the world systems, ideologies, and mindsets. We fight the devil's organized system of darkness, and we fight the carnal tendencies and temptations of our human nature and our flesh. The battle of the ages is summed up in light versus darkness, good versus evil, holiness versus sin, God's will versus my will, God versus Satan. When it's that plain, it seems very simple. And we know God wins ultimately. Light wins, goodness wins, God has the final say. But we spend our time on earth deciding who we will align with. Which kingdom will we be a part of? God is always drawing us and Satan is always trying to convince us that our way is better. He uses the appeal of the seasonal pleasures of sin and the ease of doing things our way. So when we determine to live for God, we are automatically inducted into a fight. The conflict of the ages is for souls. Your soul, my soul, every soul housed in a body with breath is the target. It is mortal combat. And God's primary enemy has eternal destruction in mind. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Paul wrote to the Ephesians and said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I like NLT. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Every single saint is in the arena, contending for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. We fight for our faith. Paul went on in Ephesians 6 to give instructions for the armor and weapons to be used in this fight. God has given provision and tools for victory. He has made a way for us to be triumphant in every circumstance. With all of that said, There are times where the fight ramps up and like Mario, we find ourselves bludgeoned by a brutal foe again and again. We find ourselves knocked down over and over, bam on the right side, pow on the left side, bang, bang. Financial strain, loss and the resulting grief, family challenges, scheduled pressures, trial after trial knocks the wind out of our lungs. Prodigal children, crisis in myriad forms, failures, sickness, We find ourselves down on the mat and the crowd chanting the name of our opponent. We open one eye, two eyes, we crawl back to standing only for another punch to knock us down, knock us out. Down, down again, the fight is real. The fight is challenging. In the words of Princess Peach, he just kept beating you senseless. There are seasons like that on the way to heaven. Our sea legs barely make their way back under us before another wave washes them out. But that's not all Princess Peach said. 
She said, he just kept beating you senseless and you just kept getting back up. You just don't know when to quit. And that is the key to the war of the ages, not knowing when to quit. Getting back up after every punch, every blow that knocks us senseless. To quote another person who is decidedly not in the Bible, Muhammad Ali said, you don't lose if you get knocked down, you lose if you stay down. Our faith in this fight is proven when we get back up and when we say with Micah, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. Jesus said, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. I could write on and on so many fight and fought and wrestle scriptures coming to mind, but I'm just going to keep this simple. Don't give up. Know that the only time to quit is never. There is never a moment where throwing in the towel is an option. I will not allow the word quit into my vocabulary. If I go to heaven with black eyes and battle scars, I'm going to heaven. To make it all the way requires pluck and fortitude, determination, grit, and endurance. But we can make it. God is both fighting for us and cheering us on. He has given us all we need to win. We must hold on to our faith, hold on to our shield. In 1 John, it says, This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. As Reverend Donald Johnson pointed out in Sunday's Bulletin article, victory here is Nike, as we would know it, Nike. Sounds familiar. And Nike means conquest or victory. The fight is for your faith, but your faith will win the fight. Keep getting back up, not knowing when to quit, is an essential component of making it all the way to heaven. I refuse to give up. Thanks, Mario, for the reminder that underdogs still win. Thanks, Peach, for the memorable quote. Thanks, Donkey Kong, for reminding me and reinforcing the truth that being out outmatched doesn't automatically make the big guy the winner. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. Again, just a really simple reminder to never give up, to never quit, to stick with the fight, to keep running the race. It's going to be worth it. And as I was thinking about this, um, I'm currently memorizing Romans 8 with my church family. And I was just reminded of verses 35 to 39 where it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, I am determined that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from God. Nothing can destroy our faith except for our willingness to quit. And so let's just determine, I'm not quitting. I don't know when to quit. The only time to quit is never. 
It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. I love the old song. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Thank you again for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit meganedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. Go reach out for your power-ups. I look forward to this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday. And if you're at NAYC, happy NAYC.